at Vanguard. This is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me, you've tried everything and nothing has helped. So if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of the Hawks Talk podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks podcast hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson, joined today by my wonderful and lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, before we before we uh, dive into today's, uh, what's it called, obituary for the Hawks season, as always, how are you <laughs> doing today, my man? Where were you when the Hawks died? Where were you? Do you remember where you were? I, I was watching it. I, I actually, uh, wa- I watched the entire game. I, I felt like, I my, my hopes were honestly high going into the game. I was like, they don't have Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry. Like, let's just get like our little sympathy win, maybe. I, I started to call it that. And uh, then, then the season was over. And I don't know, it's truly bittersweet because, you know, if you listen to the podcast, like this is. Trey Young at the side of the fucking yeah, backboard. That, yeah, that was. <laughs> it's truly we said he was the best player in the series and and then he literally had the worst series of probably any player in the playoffs he was worse than like jay crowder you could argue (laughs) it was it was a rough series for trey young there's no doubt about that but uh it it truly is bittersweet you know if you've listened to the podcast me and logan logan have been saying for months oh god can the season just be over can we get to the off season but now that it's here it's like it's been like what two or three days since the last Hulk cam. I'm like, ah, uh, I kind of miss it, but like at the same time, the season's over. Some, and yeah, some some things some things you're just like, thank God it's over. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I would have much preferred they, uh, you know, win every single playoff game. I'm like like I, I would have been fine doing this till June, um, if it's the playoffs. But with that regular season combined with that uh, that heat series, the the plans were phenomenal. The plans were honestly very fun. That was that's easily the highlight of the season, I'd say. That the plan little tournament, but that series against Heat humbled every single one of them guys, every single Hawks fan, every single us humbled. Man, Jimmy Butler, I'm sorry. You're the truth, my friend. You're the truth. It was it was a anomaly that you sucked so bad in the playoffs last year. Duncan Robinson, I'm sorry. That that white man is lethal, even though he really only had like one good game. But um, I'm not gonna give any respect to PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry. Those guys are bitch made. But you know, um, look, we got absolutely destroyed. Uh, we got embarrassed. We got gentlemen swept. At the end of the day, like we're the nine seed. That's kind of what the one seed is supposed to do in the first series. Like if it takes them six games to win, that that in my opinion, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't. Um, not saying that's like a hard set rule, but um, and you may say, Logan, you're just coping. That's a coping mechanism. You're just coming up with excuses. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, maybe we said Trey Young was the best player in the series, and he played like 
like DJ Augustine with Quavo's phone number, like you said last episode. Maybe he, you know, look, it's over. Um, I think every one of them, every one of the players that's still on the Hawks in six months, they'll learn from it. I pray, I pray that the coaches learn from it because Nate McMillan, I don't like. Let, let, let's get this out of the way. Out of the way, he's not getting fired, guys. Like you need to let go of that. He he's getting another season. I don't think it's necessarily bad, but he's also proven to just be an old boomer coach. Um, very set in his ways, very very stubborn. Um, which I don't know is great for the type of roster kind of organization we got going on. But whatever. And you know, we move on. We move on. We we weren't winning the chip this year, so it's fine. We move on. It's it's uh like I said, I'm just kind of happy it's over. Um, from once because yeah. it's time to get better. It's time to get better. You know what I mean? <sighs> it's time to take a step forward. It was a it was a rough year, man. It really was. Like even in the regular season, like the COVID stretch, just all of that. And like the worst thing was like the play-ins. I started to buy back in. I was like, this team's in playoff mode. Trey Young, what? Trey Young had a great game against Cleveland, like one of the best games of his career, honestly. And then it's like against the Heat series. They kind of just folded, like, after game three. It seems like they got that win, and they're just like, all right, that's enough. And from there, they just folded, to be honest. Because after game three, it kind of seemed like, you know, there wasn't a fight anymore. Game one, you can be like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, at the end of the day, game one came down to the fact that he had seven games of rest to our, what, two, one, maybe? I'm not even sure. I think it was one, actually. 30-something hours. Yeah, like 36 hours. Game two, the Hawks put up a good fight. I mean, got it down to the very end. Both get some nice shots. Like, the fight was still there. Game three, I mean, they won, and it kind of seemed like the uh, the series had, you know, it seemed like the tables were turning for me after that, especially going to game four. I mean, after that game four first quarter, we were up by what, Logan, like seven, maybe a bit more. And and then uh, ever since that lead, it kind of it kind of just seems like the Hawks just kind of like fell over, accepted their death. I mean, that's truthfully what it was. They uh, Those last three games, every single game, they gave up a massive run. In, in game five, I think it was 17 nothing that put us – now, I will say game five, we actually did make it close pretty much solely because DeAndre Hunter in the in the fourth quarter went crazy. He put up like 35 and 11 or something. Great game, by the way. Uh, easily the best game of his career. I know it's funny that we uh, we slandered him and then he does that. Um, no, my opinion on Hunter has not changed. But yes, I will uh, I will be nice to him for a little while because he he at least earned it. He, he earned that. He, uh, he fought. He fought till the end, which he really can't say for everyone else. But the Heat... In those last three games, every single one of them, we won game three despite the massive run they went on. But game four, it was a 26 to four run. We didn't have a bucket for, we had one bucket in the entire second half of the uh, second quarter? Second quarter. It's, I mean, it's coaching, it's it's player mentality, it's it's player fit, it's it's rotations, it's you were just the worst team. You, you were worse, pretty much top to bottom. You got embarrassed on home court in game four, and then, you you know, you followed up an Eastern Conference Finals run with a, a, you know, a first-round exit. It happens. We're not here to, like, analyze the games, because I'm going to be honest, I don't think anyone really wants to hear that. Like, first off, this is, like, three days after the <laughs> the final, like, game five. Like, at this point, Hawks fans are very much so moving on to the offseason. We're talking about Donovan Mitchell. We're talking about coaching and, and Rudy Gobert and, you know, I see. Those uh, podcasts will come. Trust me, I, I've seen some of the stuff Jackson's done in the trade machine. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a man made horror. Like like it's it's a it's a it's saying it's a, a war crime would be putting it too lightly. I, I've it's been kind of you know shocking. It was shocking. It was 
horrifying what Jackson is doing in the trade machine. So so those offseason podcasts will be coming up for this one. I really do think it should just be an obituary of the Hawks season. Talk about where it went wrong. Talk about, you know, maybe there's some good times. Maybe, maybe there's some bad times. But it's over. Um, and I think the next time you see the Hawks in uniform... I, I'm once again, like we were talking about in like February, Jackson. I think a lot of this roster is going to be different. I, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, truly, I think you could see two, maybe three brand new starters. Um, that that's a, a aggressive approach, but I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, I just want to say one last like thing about the Heat series, and then we can you know move on to some of those topics we talked you talked about. Was like uh, shout out to the Hawks subreddit. I, I usually don't shout out those people. There's actually a good meme on there. It's like a you know the Ben Simmons picture of him in like their last game. He's like has like that crazy colorful outfit on. Meanwhile, his teammates are wearing like you know the the, the team issued clothes like this. So they're just all in like black, gray, and white. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons is wearing like orange and purple. It was mm-hmm. a picture, and it was labeled like. And it had, like, uh, the players, like, on the Nets. It had, like, the players in the team that were just wearing the black and stuff. It had, like, oh, uh, heat fouls, rest bias, heat shooting absurdly from three. And then, like, all of the, uh, on Ben Simmons, like, the bright ones, it just had, like, all the Hawks issues from this year listed. I think uh, it was, like, roster construction, coaching, player effort, player mentality, and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good way to describe it. I mean, those issues never really went away, no matter what I wanted to believe. I mean, especially, I think the most disheartening thing about the Heat series is like, it was pretty obvious that at some point during the series, it just wasn't fans who were like, oh, please roll over and die. It also became players' fathers on Twitter. I'm sure you know who I'm referencing there. And and straight up, I'm going to say it, I don't have any access to the locker room. Don't know anything guys personal. But just from watching the games, it kind of looks like the players were also like, oh, yeah, we're done. Yeah, Yeah, we're done. Let's just lay over and die. It's like, shout out to the Hunter. He fought to the end. But I can't say that for the rest of these guys. It's one thing if you just get beat for being a worse team. Like, I'll accept it. I said this on, on Twitter uh, after the game. You know, props to the Heat. They won the series. They were the better. They were the much better team than us. You know, I felt like the Hawks could have put up a much better fight. I felt like they could have gave the Heat a much better run for their money. That's not what happened in the, the day. So, you know, congrats to the Heat and their fans. I'm sure they have some, you know. Well, I know we have some Heat fan listeners out there. So, you know what? Congrats on your win. Uh, good luck against the Sixers. But look, the most disheartening thing, Logan, was straight up how it kind of looked like how they just all kind of mailed it in. And I hate to say it, but you know where I'm going with this. Like, it's not what I wanted to see from Trey. It's like, all right, you're not like the vocal type. You're the lead by example type. And, like, I get that, like, this series was very tough for Trey. This series was very tough for, like, me and Logan. Like, they, think about all the things we've said about They still need Trey. an adult in the room. We, I said this months ago. They still need an adult in the room. They very clearly need it. Like, Gallo... Sure, he's old. He's cool. Um, one, I think he's gone. He might be retiring. That the way he posted that shit on Twitter, that man might be retiring. Which I don't know if I can believe because he is due twenty one point five million dollars. I, I'm pretty sure he's made like eighty to hundred million. But like, I, I don't think you walk away from that. But hey, they still need an adult. Like, I don't know. They 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 need more leadership and, um. I don't know. Like it was just very disheartening because I get it. Trey's not a vocal leader. I don't think. I mean, let's be real. I don't. I don't necessarily know if 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 like I don't know if you want Trey being the vocal guy. It's fine with him letting him run the offense and let some of the role players and maybe some more older, more experienced guys be like the the raw raw leaders. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I think that's a perfectly fine dichotomy to have. But man, like nobody could step up. Like Hunter tried to step up. Um, 
he he led the team in scoring during the series by like a good amount, but it's not like you know, he, it's Hunter. It's not like he's saying anything. That man's a robot. That man he just goes home and watches SpongeBob after he plays his basketball. Like he's not a, you know, the the team needs to grow up and I don't know how you do that. Um I know it's a young team, but like Come on, Trey. Come on, Kevin. We're we're getting in the. I mean, next time we see Trey, he'll be in year five. He'll be he'll be on his most likely supermax. It's like we're not we're not like a super young core team anymore. You know, we're we're a playoff. We're supposed to be a playoff team. So it's just there there needs to be some growing up. Um, to me, honestly, that's like the most disappointing part about the Nate McMillan stuff. I would think with Nate McMillan as coach, that'd be the one thing we're guaranteed to have is like maturity. Like, maybe we don't have creative offense. Maybe we don't have creative rotations, but we have maturity. But even with old-ass Nate McMillan running the running the show, we didn't have maturity. We didn't have – I mean, we were just played very undisciplined, not, un- immature basketball. It was just very – it's disheartening. I'm not sure what the issue is there, but, you know, hopefully they – you know, the guys that will stay on the roster, um, you know, the guys that were there for the Eastern Conference Finals run, they see, like, oh, crap <laughs> – like people are always going to be coming for your neck in the NBA. Like the teams are going to get better. You can't just stay complacent. Um, schlank. You can't just stay complacent and expect the same results. Um, I don't know. That to me, that's one thing I took away. was like, why is this team so immature seemingly when we're supposed to have like a very old grizzled veteran head coach? Like there's, there's a disconnect there somewhere, even though I don't think like Nate McMillan has like lost the players. I'm just like, why aren't they like, why aren't they giving him effort more? Like, why, why, why are so many guys seem to have effort issues? You know? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. The Heat series, it's in the past, thankfully. I'm very glad that series is over. It was, I, I'm still avoiding NBA Twitter, NBA Reddit, all of it. I'm all of it, Logan. I've been taking a bit of a uh, a cleansing break from it all. I mean, I mean, yeah, let's be real. Trey Young embarrassed himself. And then, the, like... <laughs> Yesterday he got not ball sack sports, he got butt crack sports because for that's a damn thing. He got trolled and he fell for it. He hook line and sinker. This man has had the worst week of his life. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a rough week for Trey Young. Humiliating. But uh look, uh, I just wanna do you wanna talk about some of the uh, exit interview stuff? There was there's not very much of substance, oh, but there's some stuff I did want to talk oh, about. Oh and 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 Luca just finally won his first playoff series. We we don't even have that now. I guess technically he won half a playoff series. I'm yeah, not he's giving still him on the, credit who for the they play one. next. The Suns. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't expect them to win, but you the know. Suns are winning. The Good title. for Luki. It's Pretty obvious. They've already done like the thing that every championship team does, where they Look, face some adversity. How, how did De- how did Devin Booker come back from that in like six days? <laughs> he said he was going to be out like two, three weeks, and it comes back a week later. Hey, I don't. Uh, I'm just saying. It's not. That, look, all I'm saying is that it ain't a coincidence that that, that's medi- a damn squad. that medical staff got Devin Booker so give it back so fast, and and CP3 is like 38 minutes to stay healthy. I'm just saying. There might be something got, in the water got, if you know what I'm trying to hint at, Logan. It's got him looking like like John Collins in 2019. That's what it's got him looking like, honestly. Uh, first uh, post, like the ex interview quotes, I guess, was I thought the most interesting one was a Kongu. He straight up said, Hey, the next time you see me, I'm going to have a jump shot. I mean, I feel like that's, that's a fun quote. I, I, I appreciate him believing in himself and like optimistic. And like, I do think that. Anyeka Kongu can get to that point sometime where he is a reliable jump shooter, where he has a, a where he has a jump shot. I'm not saying he's gonna shoot like 38% or anything, but like if the guy can make like 35% league average of his threes, you more than happily take that. Here's my thing. It's like 
Want to hear a hot take? Uh, Kongu should focus Maybe on the three hot. throws more. That's my thing. I think that's an I think that's an all encompassing thing. But you want to hear a maybe hot take, maybe type deal related to that? Yeah. I think he knows he's the power forward next year. Oh. Are you saying that like he mm. knows that like John's out or the, maybe not. John's out or they're saying, "Hey, Kongu, you're not a center." I so maybe he doesn't know, but I think he like I'm not saying he's like in cahoots with Schlank to like push John out. I'm just saying maybe he understands like he and Capella could maybe work together if if, if somebody can stretch the floor. Now I don't know if it necessarily would, but I think he he knows he's going to be getting some more power forward minutes, and and he realizes okay I need to stretch the floor. I can't just be like a six foot eight version of Capella, you know. Um, that and I mean he has very good touch around the rim. I think yeah, we've always facts. expected him to jump. You know, jump shoot at some that to some degree. I'm not saying he's going to be. I don't even expect him to be like. You know, remember 2018 Alex Len? Like I could kind of shoot it. That guy was kind of nice. He took like 200 threes. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. But I, yeah, I think there's a chance he's he's running some decent minutes at power forward because I don't know. I, I feel some trades are afoot. I'm not saying we're getting Donovan Mitchell or whatever, but I I, I think some movement is coming because. I think I think uh, Schlenk and McMillan are. I think they need to work better to get a like a roster makes sense for both of them. But anyway, back to the exit interview stuff. Um, I got kind of sideboard there. You're right. I think he does need to work on his free throws, but I think you can kind of you know shooting can kind of be all encapsulating like that. Like he just works on his mechanics and just shoots a couple thousand basketballs this this summer. You know what I mean? Like he takes. A couple thousand free throws, a couple thousand mid rangers. Maybe he go. He, maybe he goes into the corners. He has a shooting regimen where he takes like a hundred corner threes a day or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I've never. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know what it's like to like gain a jump shot. You know, I, I don't know what John Collins did between college and, and his second year, third year in the league. You know, I don't know what he did, but whatever it did worked. So. I I have to imagine you just take a crap ton of jump shots, right? I think he's gonna just be in the gym all uh, all summer long, which. We have to say this is the first off season where Congo's healthy since high school. So that, I read a, that somewhere. I was like, "What?" That's that. That's a big. That's a big opportunity for him. Frankly, it's it's a big opportunity. Yeah, I actually, you know, I didn't think yours was a hot take about a Congo playing power forward. I thought that was more of like a, "Hey, look, look at look." There might be some writing on the wall, but it's interesting because I don't know how Capella and Congo would work on offense. It's like both guys are like. Yeah, I don't know. Rollers to the rim. But I will say, one thing that was interesting, it didn't really seem like the Hawks really rolled, uh, not Capella, excuse me, rolled a Congo to the rim much this series versus the Heat. Whether that was just because they didn't have faith in the Congo doing that with Trey, because, you know, Trey and the Congo haven't played much together. You have to realize that. Or just because, like, they don't think a Congo is like a rim roller to the degree that John Collins and Clint Capella are. Or there's just something schematically with the Heat that wasn't allowing it. So I do think that that could also be added in that you're like, look, they were straight up using the Congo as like a, a guy who set screens and stuff like a like a Draymond Green. Like Draymond Green doesn't, you know, run the pick and roll with, with uh, Steph Curry. Like he sets the screen for guys off ball and stuff. I thought a Congo did a lot more of that than, you know, that the prototypical Hawk center thing, which we've seen with like Al- Alex Lynn, Clint Capella, Damian Jones, Dwayne Dedman. Like all of those guys were rolling to the rim. But like a Congo really wasn't doing that. So I don't know. There could be some. Could be some more base to your argument, Logan. I actually, uh, I actually like that one. So, so you, you think you think you know Schlenk coming from Golden State? You think his master plan was a Congo is our Draymond? You think maybe that was in his head? I 
Because, like you said, Draymond's not a guy that, like, sets a pick and crashes towards the rim and catches a noob. He, yeah. he runs around, sets screens for everybody. And when he was maybe, you know, maybe in his prime, you could say on offense, he was a pick-and-pop guy. And he could absolutely hit open threes. And, and really, you know, floaters, mid-range, some stuff like that. But that's interesting. That's an interesting idea because it's just weird because a Kongu... You think of him as being big, but like he's six eight. He's absolutely powerful at size. He's a broad guy. He's very differently built than John. John's very lanky, but I mean, if size wise, it works. It just depends on you know. You got to get the scheme down, and you got to get the skill down. So wait, let me ask you this. I'm thinking more about this. Are we are are like you pro Okongwu going the center? Like, is that something you want, or is that just something you think going to happen? Because like the more we talk about it, the more like the center or power forward, power forward. Sorry. Like, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, okay, wait, this is actually a good idea. I mean, I mean, like, like if you assume he gets better, then you have to try it. Now, the issue is, does Nate McMillan try new things? The answer is no. <laughs> he does not try new things. Um, but if he gets if he gets a jump shot of any kind, if, if he gets more comfortable in offense, if he works with Trey more, then you, you can try it. Um, now, if he doesn't, then no. Like, you can't have him and Capella on the floor – for extended offensive periods like that, if you know, if if they're both his rim runners, you know, um, so if if Okongu is true to his word and he has a jump shot, then I think you can try it. Um, look, J- John may or may not be here in six months. He may be trade bait. He may be whatever. Um, you got to try it because let's be real, Hunter's not playing power forward. Um, he's he's through and through. He's a, he's a forward. He's a small forward. Um, he just doesn't have. Was also uh, going off of Kongu. Uh, did you see what Schlenk said? Uh, I didn't really Schlenk read said he want, Schlenk he, stuff. Schlenk said he wants a Kongu to and focus on defensive rebounding. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that is by what the way, said. yeah, he he was like he's a good offensive rebounder, but you know I want him to focus on defensive rebounding. And Kongu was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn to shoot. I, you know, there's two sides um, of the ball. I want to ask you this. If a Congo is like the power for the future, let's say this is our hypothetical situation. What's like the soonest the Hawks could start to like implement that full time? Like I'm talking like that's the I, that's I, the I, lineup I, you close with. Like are we talking next year or are we again, talking more later down the road? And and it also is, I mean, Jalen Johnson, like he's still there. And he's he's not a center. He's a power forward, maybe a small forward. I know you can't buy, you know, you can't expect him to become anything right now, but – He's there too. Uh, we have the 16th pick in this draft. If we use it, I mean, this this seems like a. I mean, I, I don't know. It's possible that, that it gets used on a forward of some type, you know, a wing, preferably. But you know, I don't want to say like he could be the power forward of the future. It just seems like they're they want him to be skilled enough to try it. You know, um, I talked a lot about Capella being on the move. I guess he could still be. Like I could see them trying to upgrade center, just like or, I don't know. Just because, like, if Aiton or uh, Gobert are available, maybe that's the way they want to go. Personally, that's not the way I would go, but they could. But let's be real. Capella, when he's healthy, he's still good. Um, the issue is, you know, the first half of the season, he wasn't healthy, so he wasn't good. That's, you know, that's why I was a hater. Um, it, it's weird. I'm not sure. Um, I think you have to try it a little bit next year, just depending on all the moves they make. But... It's gonna be a work in progress. He's not gonna Congo's not gonna just like show up next year most likely and, and you know shoot thirty seven percent from three and then be knocked down in the corners. You know, so it's 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 weird. I'm not really sure what no idea what they're doing. That's that's why June and July are gonna be very interesting because 
I'd have to imagine Schlenk makes a couple pretty notable moves. Like I'm, I'm again, I'm thinking that starting line changes pretty drastically. Two or three different guys. I think the temperature's kind of been warmed up for Schlenk. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any insight into that. You know, we're not, we're not friends with Tony Wrestler or anything. You know. Because that's ultimately the person who, you know, fire Schlink and all that. But I, I feel like Schlink's feeling the pl- pressure. Like, I've even started to see more, like, uh, it's been a minimal increase. Like, I, you know, not everybody's doing. This isn't like a, like the Bears GM or anything. Look, it's not like that. It's like, <laughs> I have seen a couple of people, more than usual, you know, saying like, hey, like, we blame the players, we blame McMillan. But like, at the end of the day, Logan, you go to Subway and you get a bad sandwich, you made the sandwich. Schlink, you made the roster. I mean, at some point, I don't know, man, you... Kind of the finger eventually has to, you know. I mean, obviously, it's getting pointed at everyone right now. I mean, that's just how it goes. Whenever you suffer like a bad loss, like we did against Heat, which was straight up just like a bad loss because it was really embarrassing, to be honest. Embarrassing as a fan. And I'm sure like the players were embarrassed. And I'm sure Trey Young was embarrassed because what a god awful series. They were saying that they introduced a new playoff stat from like fall off from the regular season to the postseason. And Trey Young and Julius Randle from last year are the. Well, Trey Young from this year and Julius Randle from last year were at the bottom. So, yeah, that that's how things have been going on Twitter as far as Trey Young goes among NBA Twitter. Um, I want to say this, Logan. This is kind of related to trade, but just about our team. Like, I'm not talking trade targets or anything. And because you mentioned the Capella, I want to talk to you about this. So, I have, like, a tiers. Yeah, tiers of, like, our roster and their trade status. Okay, you ready? Boost your mood in New Jersey. Surprise yourself with new wonders. Stroll beaches and boardwalks. Discover places to dine and catch up with friends. See inspiring art, culture, and history, too. Savor sea breezes and explore all the treasures nature has waiting for you. Rise to the call of adventure or catch a wave into the ocean blue. Find it all at visitnj.org. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed, and that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. You have, like, the top tier, which is Trey Young, and it's like, we're not trading Trey Young. Trey Young is the franchise, like... And it's- Come on now. Yeah, it's not happening. Like, it's, yeah. That's, he's the only one in that tier. Yeah, straight up. And then there's like the the next tier. It's it's really way below, but it's below that tier of, okay, it's Trey Young. We're not trading him. The, the team live and, lives and dies with Trey Young. It's called the, hey, I don't think we would be able to, re- to replace this guy as well as what he does now unless we really invest in the someone tier. And it's Clint Capella. And like it's very... Very different than what we were talking about, like towards the deadline and stuff, like especially like during you know yeah. that December January stretch. It's yeah, I mean it's you you can trade Capella, but you have to get you know you have to get another version of him in the trade, right? Like you can't trade Capella for a wing and then be like, okay, a Congo step right in. Like that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work quite right. Um, yeah. I, and that's the thing. Uh, people are going to throw out the name Gobert because because the Jazz officially lost in the first round. You have to th- something's got to give. They just ha- something's got to give there. I don't know who. Maybe the other Bogdanovich, the Utah Bogdanovich Boyan. Maybe he's available. He's a solid player, but not like a huge needle mover for us. But Gobert could be possible. And like, is Gobert better than Capella? Yes, he's more consistent. He doesn't have those months where he's injured and he plays like crap. Um, but he's also twenty million dollars more expensive. <laughs> 
he's 25 like 15 something million dollars more expensive he's kind of memed on like <laughs> you still don't want a guard on him because we saw literally last night Jalen Brunson absolutely made a fool of this man and he's not gonna help a perimeter defense that was our huge issue we need perimeter defenders we need point of attack guys we already have a pretty good rim protection yes Gobert would absolutely be an upgrade for that but Man, I don't know. And, and like, sure, I think Gobert could absolutely do Capella's role in offense. He, he misses free throws, he, and he dunks the ball. They're the same guy on offense. But I don't know. The $15, $20 million a year difference, uh, not worth it, considering you also have to probably give up assets. You know, So I don't know. The only – yeah, I just don't see him being moved. You know, we did extend him. He has, what, two or three more years after this? So – you know, I'm buckling in for another Clint Capella year, which is fine. If he's healthy, he's a good player. When he's unhealthy, he's not a good player. But, you know, he, he's uh, he's been very important for us, you know, taking the next step to the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree. He's in that next tier. And honestly, the only other person I might put in that tier, which is sort of different, but, like, you don't look to trade a Kongu. Like, you don't look to ship him off. But if you can trade a Kongu and get, like, like a Kongu... Herder and I don't know a first. For, I know I know people are gonna be mad at this, but like for Anthony Davis or something, you would, you would think about that. I know Anthony Davis has injuries and he sucked uh, at shooting this past year, but he's still Anthony Davis. Um, he may be Data Davis, but he's still Anthony Davis. But that trade's not happening, so I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, what what are your next tiers for that that list you're sort of? Making? Oh, sure. Up after like the Clint Capella tier for me, you know, I, I'm in the same boat with you. Like, a Congo is not a guy in this offseason. I'm like, all right, I'm making proposals with him. Like, if someone, but he's also someone offers you something. He's for also not untouchable. Yeah, no, he's not untouchable. He's not in the trade. He's not even in the Capella tier. He's kind of like he's also in like his third tier where he's alone. Where it's like, hey, you're available, but like we're not including you in trades on our side. Like, if somebody offers us a trade that we like and it involve and they put you in it from our side, like we'll do it. But like the Hawks shouldn't be looking to trade a Congo. I mean, he's. He's good. He has good potential and all that. And then, like, the next year, I just straight up think everyone's available. I mean, that that goes for draft picks, rookies, you know, John Collins, Herder, Hunter, every, every single one of them. They're just in that tier. Like, those are the players that if, you know, we go after, you know, you've mentioned, like, a Gobert, a Mitchell, something like that. Like, those are the guys that, you that like, Schilling needs to be submitting these offers with packages made up of, you know, assets and that, whether it's, you know, players, whether it's young players, whether it's, you know, like, veteran health. Because, like, with like what the Pelicans did this year, I'm not completely rolling ruling out like a team like wanting Bogey like legitimately. Like Bogey is like a legit player. He's a, he's a good shooter. He can occasionally create his own shot. Like I I don't want to rule that out. And then like John Collins, like he's probably what our he's probably our best asset. I think that's fair to say that's like tradable. So he's also in that tier. Like if if Schilling, you know makes these offers, he needs to be including stuff in that tier. So the third tier is just like hey everything's available. Like the Hawks. Hawks, honestly, I don't. They're not desperate, and like honestly, you shouldn't be desperate. But like, it, you gotta, you gotta make some change, especially after how things went. Like the Heat, not only just like beat us, they didn't just embarrass us, and but like they also just made all of our weaknesses that much glaring. Like it's pretty hard to ignore for even like casual fans. Like the fact that like, hey, Trey needs help. Like Trey needs a secondary creator, he, and you know he doesn't need a secondary creator like Bogey. I'll respect the Bogey or you know, anything like that, or like Lou Williams for sure. Like he, he needs a legitimate guy. Like he, like there's some of the guys in the league who you can be like, all right, I'm putting the ball in your hands. Go get a bucket. You need to get one of those somehow, whether that's through the draft. I've seen some people talk about that, whether that's through a uh, trade, free agency, whatever, like the Hawks need one of those. And then, uh, the defense, I mean, 
there, there's just a it, it's very hard to defend Kevin Herter. <laughs> That's straight up where I'm going with this, especially after this playoff series. I just I don't know. I it's funny because a few months ago we like answered a mailback question maybe or maybe we just talked about it casually and it was like what players would you keep if it, if it was like an expansion draft and like we both said Herter. It's like I look at it now like just the way that like Herter. You know, just like the player that Herder is, and especially recency bias is obviously playing into what I'm about to say. Like, it's hard to, for me to see a, a future in, in, for Kevin Herder in Atlanta. It's, I mean, assuming Trey Young is here, but like by then, I'm not. If Trey Young's gone, I'm not going to care if Kevin Herder's on the roster. You know, I might have to rebrand the podcast. <clears throat> uh, anyways, look straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't really see a future for Kevin. He's just not a good defender. He's not a good enough creator. And like he can't, he, if you want to, you know, play and be competitive against teams like the Heat, you can't have two guys like Herder and Trey on the floor at the same time. So then it's Herder on the bench, and it's like, yeah, that's fine. It's like he's a what was he 39 percent from the three point line this year. It's like that's cool, but like the defense is just so bad, man. Like it's it's got to the point to where like it's almost at like Trey's level sometimes. Like I'll I'll give this to Herder. He puts in way more well, effort. It on was defense. in the regular season, but in the in the playoffs it was better. It's just, it's rough for me. Like, I don't really see a, a future oh. of Herder here. And, like, I also wonder, like, what's his trade value? Because, like, he is a 40% three-point shooter. But, like, this is the NBA in 2022 and 2023 next year. Like, there, you're going to be able to find three-point shooters and guys who can just catch and shoot everywhere. It's like, you have to really find someone who's willing to bet on, like, Herder's potential to, like, take the leap, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Like, he, 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 I'm not saying he is what he is, but it's like the flashes are there. He's just not somebody that I re- I would rely on, I and mean, I can't imagine like there was already like rumors that Trey didn't necessarily like uh, like he didn't trust his teammates. Remember that he wasn't comfortable giving him the ball, especially giving him to him late. It's like for me, that's how I am with Herder. Like aside from the game seven against Philly, and but especially like lately, it just he just doesn't seem like one of those guys. And I don't know. I I think he's valuable enough to where you trade him. So that's why I have him in that tier. You know, I appreciate Kevin Herter. He had the game seven, the plan game against Charlotte. He was good. The, uh, I mean, he he's carved out a good career for the 19th overall pick. It was fun watching him come up with Trey. Um, he's maybe one of the more obvious guys where, you know, maybe it's time to move on. Um, not, not necessarily because I think he's, like, awful, but it's just, like, he has a tradable contract where he can use it to match salaries. He's young enough to where he's, like, not – you know, he's young enough to where it's still an asset type of deal. Like he's not, he's not 29. He's not, you know, end of his prime. He's just not reaching his prime. You could conceivably see him taking a step forward um, and becoming a, like a 17 point a game guy on higher volume, like a middle-class McCollum type, type guy. Um, but it's like, we, I think we do need a different approach on the roster as a whole. And we have, I mean, Bogey and Herder have very similar roles, and it's like we need at least one of those guys to be a little bit more of a hard-nosed point-of-attack defender that can kind of slash, not just all, you know, perimeter, dribbler, kind of semi-playmakers, but not really. Decent shooters, you know, streaky shooters, let's be real. Like, they're just streaky. Bogey, especially last year, he shot like 44 damn percent. (laughs) He went nuclear for three months, but it's... Yeah, Kevin Herter's cool. I appreciate him. I'm not going to be upset if he's on the roster next year or anything. But yeah, he he's an easy easy guy to see being traded. Same with Bogey. I don't think both of them 
but one of them for sure I could easily see being traded. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be mad to see both of them go. Like, you know, I well, obviously, you really buy into uh, that like the whole to, defensive thing, and like you'd have to get a lot of wings. Oh no, you absolutely would. Like at that point, if you're trading Bogey and Herter, I assume you're just completely redoing the roster. Like it's like it's it's less of a retool than it's more like, hey, we're completely re- rebuilding this roster, but this time we're not rebuilding to lose games. We're like rebuilding to like win games. It's where I think you're going if you trade both of them. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, you kind of alluded to this earlier, was the Danilo Gallinari thing. Gallo is 100% going to get paid by an NBA team this season in some way, even if he retires. Remember, he has the $5 million guarantee on his contract. I believe it's June 28th. The Hawks have to guarantee his full contract for 20 mil, which just seemed very unlikely. It seems, unless it's for like trade purposes post-June it. or something. It's truly not worth then, it. Yeah, I don't see it. But, you know, the most likely scenario is that the Hawks guarantee the salary and trade it. I, I Here's the thing. Straight up, this is probably the easiest way to say it. I don't see Gallo playing on the Hawks next year with the $20 million salary. N- not at all. He'll either... I think there's three situations. They can't afford it. Yeah, no. They can't afford I it. I think there's three situations. And, like, Gallo, if he can make a $20 million a year next year, which, you know, he's just not worth. Like, let's just be honest. He's, he's a good player. He can find his spots. He can he can shoot still. He can create his own shots at the top. Like, I see there's three scenarios with Gallo. One... We guarantee a salary to use them in a trade. That's very possible. You could do that at any time now before the deadline, which means you would uh, guarantee like the $20 million. Two, we give them the $5 million. Well, we have to give them the $5 million. That's guaranteed. Cut them. Yeah. And then uh, either Gallo uh-huh. re-signs with the Hawks on a cheaper deal. Gallo, I don't think Gallo, I think Gallo would just retire. But, I mean, he could go somewhere else. I mean, that's not out of the, I mean, Gallo could go re I don't trade. know. That, that, that tweet made it seem very foreboding that he was done in Atlanta. Which, I mean, let's be real. When he signed that contract, he probably knew this was a two-year deal with a, an out for the team. So, it's he's always very candid on Twitter, too, which I can appreciate that he's always very, like, candid. Like, he also has very funny motivational quotes. <laughs> like, it's just funny. But, yeah, I, I mean, it was very foreboding. He's, uh, I don't think he's put on an Atlanta uniform next year. How exactly it happens, not sure, but... Um, I can't imagine any team other than like maybe the Thunder taking him back, like a tanking team that needs to hit, hit the freaking salary floor. I can't see any team other than that doing that. And, and maybe you know it's it's Sam Presti over there. You know what he'd want. You know exactly what he would want for that. <laughs> he'd want some picks. Um, I don't know. He's a he's not a guy you see with trade value. So I think the most likely thing is we cut him. He, we give him his five mil that goes against our cap, and then he's free to. He could come back on a cheap deal, and I mean like DeLon Wright last year, cheap or cheaper, um, or he can go elsewhere, wherever, you know, maybe he wants to play in Florida or something for a year. I don't know. Maybe he wants to play in New York again. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think he, I think Gallo's played his last game as a Hawk. Unfortunately, the, his last touch of the ball as a Hawk is that god-awful inbounds play oh, at the end of season. I tried, where he didn't I tried to avoid of, that, just talking about that. It makes me so mad. It makes me unbelievably mad. Got, got, gotta love Nate McMillan, ATOs man. Gotta love. Yeah, it. no, that gotta was that was just that. I tweeted this on Twitter. It was like that was the uh, epitome of our season right there. Like that one play altogether, just the Hawk season. Just play that play over again, and that'll explain this Hawk season to you. But yeah, with Gallo, I mean, he's probably gone. Let's just be honest. But I will say one thing with Gallo is I don't think he's like a negative contract. Like Gallo is still good enough to where he can be a rotational player. But like if you have to take on Gallo's salary to make it work in a trade, I could see like teams doing that because like Gallo is like good enough to. You know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be the fifteenth man in a suit. Like Gallo could absolutely give the Jazz some run. Let's just put it like that. 
So maybe they take on us. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Hey, hopefully Gallo gets his money or something. And you know what? I honestly wouldn't be mad if Gallo retired. If he just rode off into the sunset. I mean, he's had a good career all together. But I enjoyed his years with the Hawks, even though it was frustrating at times. Um, probably the most uh, controversial one, debatable one. I'm going to hand this one off to you first. So you get to talk about it. So enjoy that. Uh, he had a big game five. <laughs> that startup, uh, there was even extension talks at his exit interviews. Uh, oh, people God. were talking about it. It's, the goal. It seems like the the goal he has to wear those damn sl- uh, slides. The pendulum oh. swings again, Logan. Uh, this time it's uh, DeAndre Hunter. Him, like I don't, I don't know at this point. That's why I'm handing it off to you, so you can go first on this one. Hey, if if he wants to sign four years, forty five million or something, sure. Who cares? He's he had a great game five. I appreciate him for game five. I'm not going to slander his on the court stuff for. I'm gonna say a month. Actually, no. We have we have award season coming up, and there's no way I can there's no way I can hold him out of a negative award there. Um, look, he had a good game five. He had a solid series. He he made plenty of stupid ass mistakes, like he typically does, not catching the ball, losing his dribble, losing his defensive assignment, etc. But look, he had a great game five. He's the only reason why game five was even remotely close. Um, he shouldn't have fouled out in game five. The, they literally went back and said, yep, that was a bad call, which, you know, thanks, NBA. Awesome. Um, look, you don't re-sign him coming off the best game of his career. You just don't. Don't give him that leverage. I don't I don't, I don't. think it makes a difference, but it's. I'm still the same. Like, sure, great game. My opinion hasn't changed because he had one great game and a couple other solid ones in the series. Like, he's not that guy right now so don't sign him because you drafted him high and he could be that guy because there's about like a 10 percent chance he becomes like the wing we wanted him to be so just let him play out his fourth year if he shows out congratulations he made his money if he doesn't your decision becomes a lot easier so sorry dre um i'm still hoping that you know we we hold off on giving him his contract but hey maybe maybe he becomes motivated as hell to earn that money and he uh, he plays up to his draft stock, so it's it's controversial, I guess. But my opinion hasn't changed on him. Just just let him ride out his fourth year. I'm like I'm like giving him an extension, unless it's like truly an underpay, like eleven mil a year or something. Like sure, I'll up. It's the NBA. Like anyone in the NBA can make eleven a year, and it's yeah. like ah, oh, whatever, you know. That's basically like what half a gallo made. So just for example, yeah, literally, like like Delon Wright made eight. And DeLon Wright wasn't in the rotation for parts of the season. So. <laughs> no, I, I think we're in the same boat, We you know, so I don't feel like I need to say anymore. Let him play out the fourth year. That's what I do. I mean, if you can extend him for cheap, then, hey, do that. But the Hawks can't pay for potential anymore. If that's one thing that they've hopefully learned this year, it's like, and I think they have. Between trading Cam, I, I think the Hawks have realized, like, hey, we need, I'm worried about what you do now. I'm not worried about what you can do in two years. I want to ask you this, though. Hunter trade, He's he seems like a valuable trade asset. I don't know. To, I think to like people who don't watch the Hawks, I don't know, because there's Hawks fans who like love him too. He's not like hated by us. I don't know. The, 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 there's such differing opinions on Hunter, and like we talked about this last episode, because it's like I was on Twitter and Reddit, and people were talking about like, oh, Hunter's so key for the Hawks, and it's like I'm over here like, yo, like we were talking about Kevin Knox getting some of his minutes, like straight up, like that's what point he got to it early in the series. Maybe that wasn't like an over exaggeration, which I mean, it is Hawks talks at the end of the day. So come on now, people, what did you expect? But I don't know. Look, he does seem valuable in trades. Just, and I do see teams buying in on, Oh yeah. It's the, I can fix him syndrome. A, a lot of NBA teams had it. 
Uh, the New York Knicks had it in some fashion this year. You can figure out which trade I'm talking about if you'd like. I, I don't know. Hunter's definitely like a trade target for me. He's in, he's in that category of, hey, we're submitting offers. Like, your your name's going in it, bud. Sorry. Like, great game five, but it's only business. Yeah, he can absolutely be a trade target because you can real like you can really look to upgrade at small forward there. Just like simple, simply put, you can you can upgrade on him uh, or at least try. So, yeah, he could be a decent trade chip because he's still young. A team could buy into the potential. A team could buy into the you know oh we just need to you know put him in his spots better and, and he can break out. But as for who we trade him for, I have no idea. That's that's like a lot of the market. It's it's like. It seems like the only big name players that'll be available is like the guys in Utah and maybe Bradley Beal and I, oh Zach Levine may also because he's Zach Levine's a free agent he also may leave Chicago but it's like none of those guys I don't know there's flaws with all of that so can I'm, I say I'm something very it, quick it, or do you want me to say it for another episode save it all right save it all right cool I was just gonna talk about like what I would do but also I I'm gonna be honest I haven't completely come up with like what my ideal Hawks offseason looks like it's just like kind of all over the place there's so many ways the Hawks could go this offseason and there's so many different like scenarios and players they could get so I don't know I'm trying to get my thoughts together so whenever I have the ideal offseason I can explain myself better but I was just gonna give some you know little little tidbits about who who we would go get but I'll refrain I'll pace myself it's a long offseason so I'll be sure to save some content for later um, Logan, you have anything else you want to talk about? We're about 45 minutes into the podcast, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, kind of an obituary for the podcast, wrapped up the season in full, even got the post-interview stuff done, the exit interview, st- interview stuff done, I must say. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Logan? Um, you know, the season's over, so thank you to everyone that's uh, tuned in with us over the course of the season. It's long, a full season, 82 games in a uh, postseason, so, uh, you know, six, seven months, so... Thank you all for tuning in along the way. Um, hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed the ride. Um, you know, we won't be going anywhere. We're still going to be making plenty of off-season content, and then, you know, looking ahead to October when when or I really well, September is that when the preseason starts? I think it's like last or week of September. And you know, uh, maybe I'll watch a little bit of summer league. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a huge summer league guy, but <laughs> we'll uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll be in touch. Don't worry. We'll, there'll still be plenty of podcasts coming out, but. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, you know, make sure to check our links down there in the description, Twitter, Patreon, all the good stuff. But, uh, you know, thank you guys for hanging with us through this uh, tumultuous season. That's a good way to describe it. Oh, there was one thing that we I wanted us to do very quickly. This isn't going to take us long. Uh, worst hoss, worst moment of the season for you, Logan? Best season of the month for you? What were they? Best moment best was probably the play-in tournament. Cavs, um, specifically? Worst season was... Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, the the Hornets game was also quite nice. Um, worst moment was, I mean, obviously the playoff loss was bad. The COVID era is bad. I'm gonna go with a little bit of a low key one here. Um, the Trey Young losing despite putting up 56 to the No Dame. Oh yeah, that one was real bad. Oh god, <laughs> no, no CJ Blazers. That that was humiliating. He put up 50 freaking six, man. Come on. There's honestly so many I could choose from here, but I'm actually going to go out of the box a bit too. I would say the worst mode of this Hawk season was it's it's like we had the Christmas Day game. This is what we've been wanting ever since Trey got drafted, even before that. Like ever since like ever since I started watching the NBA, like the Joe Johnson days, I was like, "Man, I've always wanted the Hawks to play on Christmas." It's like it finally gets scheduled. We're going up to Madison Square Garden. Two days before it, 
Trey Young's out with COVID. That was probably the worst season. That's probably the worst moment of the season for me. Yeah. I was so excited yeah, for that. I, Trey was debuting debuting some custom Christmas shoes. It's like we were going to play on Christmas. It, we were the 12 p.m. game, which is the game that you watch, and then usually you sleep for the next one. But it's like, no, like, Trey got COVID. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Hawks lost the game. See, like, it, honestly, that seems so long ago, but it was only a couple it, of months ago. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's yeah, that that legit that choice. like sucked. Like there was embarrassing losses, like the fifty six points lost to the Blazers without Damon CJ, like you mentioned. Then like the playoff series, that was I don't know that kind of broke my spirit in a couple of ways. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, there's a and best moment for me. You know, I'm gonna go Cavs game too. That seeing Trey Young just take over the the fu Trey Young chance in Cleveland, and then just you know. I don't know. It'll never get old to me. It really never will. I can see it a hundred times and it'll never get old to me. But uh, yeah, on that note, I did want to say, you know, thank you for listening and supporting us in every way possible this past season. Me and Logan greatly appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts. It means more to us than you know. Um, as for us, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're definitely going to be back for next season. But also, off-season content. Look, I'm going to be honest, Logan. If you're looking for some fun Hawks off-season content, I'm going to say this now. I don't think there's a much better place you could go than the Hawks Talk podcast because I, I'm already cooking up some mm. stuff for this offseason. We have an awards show. I'm sure there's going to be some nutty trades. Uh, we have emergency podcasts. We have draft stuff. So, look, it's going to be a fun offseason. The, the the season might be over, but uh, in some ways, the Hawks Talk season is, is right back on schedule, baby. We can get back to doing what we do best. No more analyzing games. Instead, we're going to talk to you for trade ideas for 35 minutes a day. Um, but anyways, I did want to say thank you for everyone for rocking with us. Uh, I know this wasn't an easy season. This wasn't an easy season, especially to consume more Hawks content than the Hawks already provide you because at times this team also made me want to completely tune out. So I do appreciate everyone who rocked with us uh, this year. You know, here's to next year. Hopefully next season can be a, a better year for the Hawks, hopefully. And hopefully we get some changes. I, I want to see some new faces next year. But as always, like Logan said, be sure to check out the description. You can check out the links to our Twitter, the official Hawks Hawks account, Twitter, where you can follow for episode updates and anything else with the podcast. Uh, Mailbag will be returning soon since the playoffs are over. I mean, that was the only thing that was stopping us from Mailbag. So Mailbag will be coming back. I'm sure we'll do that at some point. Award show will be soon. I know everyone's excited for that. That's always a a signature episode for me. Those in the Doomcast are out there. It's my uh, favorite ones to record. Um, and yeah, I just want to say, you know, be sure to check us on patreon.com as well. Patreon.com slash Hawks Talks. Uh, you can financially support us if you choose so, but also you just listening is phenomenal for us. $8 and $10 tier, you get ad-free content, so you never have to listen to an ad again, which is, hey, pretty nice. You never have to get interrupted by an ad. Anyways, just want to say thank you. Have a good weekend. Love you. Goodbye. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed. And that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Moms, at Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain sometimes on the same day because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.